Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and today I have a fabulous guest as usual. I love this girl. I've been following her for a long time. She's definitely well-known in the entrepreneur space. I have M. Ducharme with me today. She is an unconventional business expert, and I can't wait for you guys to meet. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the dream design coach, I've helped thousands of high-achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. So welcome M to the show. Hello, everyone. So happy to be here. So happy to have you. It's so great to have you here and, and to learn from you and to get to know you even better. So real quick, I always ask this question first, but I think it's really important. We're talking about designing our dream businesses. We're really trying to inspire people that like, we don't start with these ideas in our heads, right? Like this isn't what we think we're going to do when we grow up. So I always ask the question, how do you go from, you know, going to university or going to or, you know, going to high school or whatever and your, your younger education to saying, you know what, I think I'm going to be an unconventional business expert. What, what does that trajectory look like? Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, so how it started for me is I have a big issue with authority. So I dropped out of high school when I was 15 years old, which is under the legal age. But the, the school principal was so tired of me that he literally told me, like, just don't come to school anymore, Emily. Like, I was like, oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> and then um, my, like, few months of uh, being a teenager that doesn't have to go to school didn't really impress my mom. <laughs> so what, what happened is that I got a job at McDonald's at 15 years old. I became a manager within a few months because I'm, like, I have lots of leadership inside of me already. And then after leaving there, I just never had a job again. I worked like in partnerships with people. I found a way to hustle. I, I had my first restaurant when I was 20 years old. I just didn't want people to tell me what to do. It was not working. Um, my ego is a little bit smaller now. Like I don't, I, I don't really care about people telling me what to do. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> but um, I have multiple businesses now. So it really happened by accident of me being a rebel and trying to find a way to make it work but I never thought though that I could have what I have today because I come from very poor background I grew up on a farm uh, my mom didn't have money my mom was on welfare and uh, if she would still be alive today to see what I accomplished since she passed away 11 years ago I don't think she would believe me if like if I could ring her right now like be like hey mom like just so you know I'm a self-made millionaire now she would be like get the fuck out of here like impossible that uh anyone in the family made it like we just my dad doesn't know how to write like I don't come from education so it's it's been quite the journey <laughs> not supposed to happen but it did with a lot of devotion that's that's a beautiful and such a resilient story and I think it really speaks to the fact that 
you know, so many people are like, well, why does this person have what I don't have? And, and when you look at every single solitary one of these stories, be it, you know, Oprah or Kobe Bryant or whoever the person is that you look at, there's a resiliency there. There's a, it was this or nothing, right? Like, like your back's mm-hmm. against the wall. And there, there's such a tenacity in that, that I think is really understated. Um, and I love that you just kind of point to yet another example of like, it was this, or, you know, there was no other thing. So I yeah. love that. Um, and I definitely think it's cool that you, uh, you have three different businesses. Like I'm still trying to juggle one with five kids. So more power to you on that. Um, okay. My next question for you is mindset. So when you first started in your business, whichever business, you can pick whichever one you want, maybe like the earliest one compared to now, like, what would you say were like the biggest shifts you had in your mindset and like how you did business and how you looked at business? It's definitely was different uh, because I grew up with the mentality of bad things happens to us like good things don't happen to us and uh like we have to work hard to have nothing so it, like when you have a farm uh, i was five years old and i remember helping my grandmother um bring water to the the, the animals like like we, i didn't know and we had no money so we're working hard to have no money so i had that mentality of working hard which is what got me started because I was, I was so passionate about working hard and learning. And I just did it my way. When I dropped out of high school, I told myself, I'm going to do like, I'm, I'm going to never stop learning, but I'm going to do it my way. So I started reading books. And still today, I'm not good at math still today. <laughs> but, but like many years later, <laughs> without wanting to uh, reveal my age, um, so today I read about two books per month. I take at least one course, but m- m- normally more. Like I have at least two days per week where I dedicate the whole day to learning. Uh, even if I already know enough to be successful, I'm still passionate about learning, but learning with my own way. So for me, the mindset at first was just make it work. Like work hard, learn. I don't believe in working hard anymore. I believe in working in an aligned way, which removes the hard. Um, but I still, I still do things like all in. I'm all in in everything I do. So when I take on a project, I'm going to learn everything that I need to know about it. I'm going to obsess over it. I'm going to work for like an alignment with my soul to make it work. But that, that was always the mindset, like devotion, devotion. I love that. And I think that's so powerful too, because... When you think about like I, I've taken, I don't forgive me, I don't know the name of the class that you have, but your your um your upsell class, the one that's like all the pieces of your day. Um, I've I've done that one that like has all the different like aspects of like what the you ten k a day coach. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that so many, one. I was like, I don't know which one she's talking about. I know, yeah, yeah, no, it was really coach. cool. It, like yeah. organizes your day into like I do this much of this and like. That really helped me, especially being ADHD, being neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. I'm always kind of like in this place where I'm like, okay, what do I do next? What do I do next? And I think the Mm -hmm. thing that really was powerful about that, and yes, I'm totally plugging this, guys, if you were listening out there. um, (laughs) The thing that was really powerful was that it told you the topic of what to do, but it didn't tell you exactly what to do, right? It was like, here's here's the category of thing that Mm -hmm. you could do. And then you go find whatever that thing is that you want to do in the category. And I think that's really expansive. And 
Um, something I relate to that you said, you know, you don't like it when people tell you what to do. Um, my human design incarnation cross is the right angle cross of defiance. So I literally like am a walking contradiction. Like anytime somebody tells me what to do, I'm like, well, that's exactly the opposite of what I'll be doing today. So I totally, <laughs> totally resonate with that, that idea of like recreating, like, like what, like as soon as somebody tells you that's the way to do it, you're like, great, well, I'm going to find a way to do it in a totally different way, just because you said I had to do it. And it might end up coming back and having echoes of that way. But by and large, it's probably going to be vastly different simply because you said that was the way. So I yeah. love that. Um, and so, okay. So you mentioned, you know, losing your mother. I know you lost your mother. And I also know that you lost um, another loved one in your life. Um, and so, you know, talking about resiliency and being able to really like rise from the ashes. I mean, what has happened to you in your life would, would absolutely cripple some people. They'd be like, well, you know, like going back to bed for the rest of my life. But, but it, it seems to me like that almost like pushed you further. And, and so like, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, do you feel because of what you've gone through and the, and the, I'm going to call them the real things that you've dealt with. Do you feel that you're more equipped to handle some of the things that other people might be like, Oh my gosh, you know, I didn't make $10,000 this week. And, and like, does it put it in perspective for you? Did it make it easier? Not easier, but did it make it more aligned for you to kind of push harder in your business? Do you think? So what I realized recently is it's very easy for me to be happy. I'm a happy person. And then someone asked me, are you always genuinely happy though? Are you faking it? And I'm like, actually, no, I'm not. Like, I am just, I can be sad, but I'm still happy. I can be triggered, but I'm still in a good mood. And I realized that the reason why is because I lost everything. Like, I buried my mom 10 days after I buried the man I was in love with. A month later, my business partner killed himself. Um, it's been like this. My whole, Like, I, I buried almost everyone. Every year, I buried at least two really, really close friends. Um, last year, my best, best, best friend passed away um, sh during COVID. She thought she had COVID. It was not COVID. She got a blood infection from the strep throat bacteria. And we had to unplug her. Like, it was, it's been back to back. The only thing I've never lost was the only thing that doesn't cost money is happiness. Because at some point in my life, that's all I could afford to be happy. I couldn't afford to eat. I couldn't afford... I had nobody around me. I, I couldn't, I had nobody to love or to love me, but I could be happy. And I learned how to be happy with nothing. So now having a lot of things and, and being really busy teaches me how to be happy with a lot of things now. But what I do personally is I, I don't do things that I know is going to rob my happiness. So I don't do things for money. I don't do things for recognition. I don't do things to look cool. I do things because they make me happy. If something doesn't make me happy, I don't do it. It's very simple. And now I have the luxury of being able to choose. I didn't always have the luxury, but I still chose happiness. I would like I had moments where I was broke, but then I knew whatever was presented to me would not make me happy, would make me rich, but not happy. So I said no. And, and by living by this, which was not always the way I lived, by the way, but now by living this way, working hard and, and building businesses, it feels good because I only do it when it makes me happy. Yesterday, I had a bad day, 
in terms of everything was not going my way. I was still in a good mood, but I'm like, okay, you know what? It doesn't make me feel happy right now to work because like I, like I had tech issues with everything. People were canceling, moving their calls. And I was like, I'm going to have a day where I don't work because it doesn't make me feel happy right now to work. And I, I can pause it unless I have commitments, I can pause. So I chose to be happy instead of continuing to get pissed off at my computer. And a lot of people, they don't know when to choose happiness. They're going to choose the things that makes them feel bad. I went for a run with my dog and then I ordered sushi. And I, I swear to God, the Uber delivery guy that brought me my food got mad at me. <laughs> so I told him because I didn't answer the door fast enough. And I told him, you're going to survive. <laughs> he made a poke bowl with my sushi. Like he shucked the thing. And it made me laugh to tears. And I'm like, even when people are mad at me, because they're probably, he's probably not having a good day, I'm still going to choose to be happy. And I was like, so proud of myself because I could have been like, this mother, like, but now, you know what? I had a bad day too, but I'm happy. So I win. I don't give my power away to the circumstance that could make me unhappy. That's so well said. Yes, absolutely. You always have control over that happiness. And, and like you said, a lot of us, we like poison ourselves. We're like, hold on, if I don't get mad about this, then they win. And it's like, no, girl, they're, they moved on. Like, they, they don't know you mm -hmm. exist anymore. And so the only person that you're upsetting, but it's like, it's like, there's this, this almost like this OCD need to like tap into that feeling. And we don't have to. We can just literally be like, nope, you're not, you're not going to rain in my parade. Sorry. Right. Like it's like, it's not like, that's not a thing. Like I control my external and internal bubble and you don't get to have a say in it. And that has been so powerful for me. Like, because I used to just be like, well, you know, I, I get really upset. Like I get really angry I, I, as a child. I wasn't really allowed to get angry. I wasn't allowed to be resentful. Like those were not qualities that were on the list of things I was allowed to feel. And so, you know, in my, in my later years and, and, and growing up, I think that that became something that I expressed probably to a fault. And then one day I was like, wait a second, like, I don't, I don't have to go there. And I think that's so powerful, like to be able to do that because it just, it, it puts you in so much more control. And it, when you maintain that, that level of frequency, like staying at that level instead of dipping all the time, like it just makes it that much more powerful to jump to the higher and higher frequencies. So yes, absolutely. Um, okay, I have a weird question for you. It's not on the list, so don't panic. But my question is, as a leader, as somebody who's really successful, and you know, I've been really successful too, so like I can totally relate to this. I was in a multi-level marketing company, I think you know this, and I made you know, multi-million dollars. So like I totally, I, I, I wanna say that I've been at the table that you're at. Do you find, or how do you deal with I guess this, this statement would be like heavy, you know, heavy as the head or whatever, or like it's lonely at the top. Like when you get to a certain pinnacle of success, how, how do you personally deal with like the alienation that happens as a result of that? Because all of a sudden it's like you're, everybody's going together and everybody's succeeding. And then somebody takes a quantum leap and all of a sudden, like, you're 30,000 feet in the air and you're, you're not even in the same wavelength. And like, how do you manage that dissonance between like the pack when, when you're kind of going that fast, like, who do you, who do you like lean into? And like how obviously you have mentors and things like that, but 
Is that question clear? Does that make sense? Yeah, it is clear. So I don't, that's the thing. I purposely chose to, I'll give you an example. I don't know if you guys ever watched Big Brother, but in Big Brother, uh, every week there's like the the master, I don't know what's what it's called in, in English, but there's the master of the, the house. Mm-hmm. And then they can sleep in their own bedroom instead household. of sleeping with everyone else. And then most of the more successful ones are the one that don't go sleep in that room. They stay sleeping with everyone else because they don't create that difference in level. And I've, mm. I've done that my entire life. Um, there's a book that I really love. It's called The Leader with No Title by Robin Sharma for, for your listener if they're interested in that leadership topic. But for me, it's I see everyone as equal they might not have as, as much success in terms of recognition or money, but they probably have something to teach me. So if I stop sitting with everyone else, I stop learning from them. And what happens when you do that is that you stop understanding where they are. And you like, I, if I only speak to what I know now and I stop having conversation of what people have, how can I serve them? I don't even know what they're going through anymore because I'm somewhere else. So in my programs, I, I'm just myself and I take the same chair than everyone else and I sit at the same table and everyone has the same amount of time to speak. It's not just me. I, of course, I lead the, the pack, but I sit with everyone else and that's been really important for me. Not only... Uh, because I love people and I genuinely care and I want to be with them, but also because I don't want people to put me on a pedestal because I know I'm not perfect. And as soon as someone puts me on a pedestal, I can feel it and it makes me feel very uncomfortable. So yesterday, as an example, one of my employees, I've been training her on copywriting for a while because she's taking care of my emails and she was very soft but sometimes like you also need to have like that power infused into the word so she messed out on the marketing parts of copy and I've been training her on that and we had tough conversation where I'm like you need to improve otherwise I'm gonna have to replace you but I wanted to trigger her because I knew her power and I knew she's skilled at what she does she just needs to own it and now yesterday she sent me a piece of, of material and I was like this is brilliant like like you're going to be better than me one day. And she like my, I hope she's not going to listen to this, but my COO sent me a screenshot of what she sent her and she was crying tears of joy. And she saved my voice message so she could listen to it every time she, she stops believing in herself. But I, I get to have these connections of people respecting me, valuing my opinion, valuing my insights. And, and really like when I I'm happy for like, with their work they feel so proud but I still have this connection of we're the same person I'm not better than you I'm just different so I think this is important and the only reason why it's lonely at the top it's because you try to climb faster than other people I don't I don't try to compete with the other people climbing the mountain I help them as they're climbing it so we're all climbing it at the same time not always at the same pace but we're all climbing it at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I've always found that sometimes I just want to like lean in and be with the girlfriends and people have that image that I have like something to teach them or something to share. And I'm like, can we just talk about shoes? Like, I'm not like, I just like, like I want to just be in the energy of other females and be seen mm-hmm. as somebody who like, 
gets her period just like everybody else and, you know, yells at her kids and like whatever, whatever human qualities. And I just think for me, I've always found that it's really hard to find that peer group that just looks at you as like the person as opposed to like what you can offer to the conversation or, oh, you've already been here. Like, let me ask you these questions, you know, like, so for example, there's this mom, there's this mommy dating app. It's called um, peanut and it's like Tinder for moms. Okay. So, you know, you swipe left and right and all that stuff. And every time I go in there to make friends, the people end up being like, Oh, you're a coach. Oh, so I have this question. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not what this is for. Like, we're here to like, you know, go have cocktails or whatever. So that's what I mean when I say like the difference. Okay. Yeah. It's not, I so, don't mean, yeah. So what I would say on this then is uh, it, this is normal. And it's also when we're so passionate about something, people like get really passionate about what we do and they want to find out more. Um, it's learning how to have these clear boundaries on, for me personally, when someone asks me a question, I always answer, hey, I don't do pick my brain or I don't do coffee chat or I don't um, coach in the DMs or I don't like, or in real life. But I'm like, but I do have this, um, like, for example, take me to lunch. It's this much money. And then we can have a take my brain lunch together. Or like, it's just like redirecting them right away, straight from the beginning towards a service so that they understand that if they want to speak on this, then they have to pay for it. And then sometimes it's going to make them feel like, oh, like, I didn't expect that answer. But most of the people that was like, oh, I didn't expect that answer a few weeks later booked um, a call with me or bought a session with me because they understood that if I want to have access to it, I need to respect her time and pay for it. And then if I want to talk about shoes, then I can do that. So if you do it straight from the beginning, as soon as someone opens the door, you make sure that the door gets locked and you're like, I love for you to come through the door, but you need to buy the key first then then it's it makes everything easier but it's the boundaries and it's also like our people pleasing of i don't want her to feel uh, embarrassed or i don't want her to feel uncomfortable but then i'm gonna take on the on the discomfort because i don't want her to feel it doesn't really make sense so people the more you respect your boundaries the more people will respect you so at the end of the day you're still gonna win even if it might create a little bit of an awkward moment in the in the beginning that's such good advice. And you're so right. And yes, absolutely. And sometimes you just want to be like, wait, I just want to be friends. Like I'm not on here. If I wanted to get clients, I'd go to a client, you know, I'd go to LinkedIn. I wouldn't go to peanuts. So thank you for answering that. Cause I, I knew that if anybody knew the answer to that one, it would be you. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> thank you. Okay. So if people want to get a hold of you, if they're like, oh my gosh, um, you're my person, like people in my community or people who are watching here on YouTube, if they want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Like, what's a good way for them to connect with you on social? Of course. So on Instagram, m.ducharm is where I post more like clips of my of my coaching. So you can see me in action. And then on Facebook, m.ducharm, it's more where I post writing pieces. Um, I love to write. So I normally create pretty good content on there. And then I also have a free course. It's called Five Days to 5K. And I'm also connect, like it's. Um, a brand new news I'm coming up very soon next month actually with a I don't know when this episode's going to air but I think it's going to be released by then uh, with a brand new free course as well that's going to be called the sold out coach Bootcamp. so this is the freeways and the organic 
my social media way to to look at my stuff for now. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And I definitely um, will want to hear more about that. And yeah, if you guys have questions on any of that, you can reach out to um, in the DMs. You'll probably get her team, which is totally fine because um, she's a busy gal. But if you have questions or you want to, you know, um, you know, have conversations about what might be a good fit for you, um, you can definitely reach out to her there. So um, thank you so much um, for being here. This has been amazing. And we truly appreciate you taking the time. Um, is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with before you take off? Mm, um, I love to end things with a prompt. So the prompt that's coming up to me right now is how am I going to evolve my identity today? So mindset is a part of the identity, but the identity is also the embodiment. So if you are being conscious and intentional every single day about evolving your identity through different ways, whether it's um, more masculine way like journaling or more feminine way like energy healing and embodiment, um, that's a question I ask myself almost every morning. How am I going to evolve my identity today? So I am gifting you that prompt and I hope the answers are groundbreaking. <laughs> I love that. And if you guys here in the group want to um, answer that right away, you can put them right in the comments. I'm sure that Em would love to read them. So thank you so much for being here. Em, you have been a total pleasure and we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you. And that'll do it for this episode of the Dream Design Podcast. Until next time, when we're back with another great guest, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Hey, Dream Builder. Are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? More human design, law of attraction, and manifestation? Then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams, a monthly group coaching call with me, and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month, and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.